Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with a linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. They are therefore, pardon me, therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement. Everybody say atonement. Atonement for himself and for his house. Verse 7. And he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Everybody say scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offered as a sin offering, but on the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. And verse 11, Aaron shall bring the full, pardon me, bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself to make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself. You guys okay? I know, I know some of you are like, what is the point? There's a lot of points. So just concentrate. Now we've trained people to be ADD with screens and commercials and have to change every like two minutes. And plus I could probably read a little faster, but I'm telling you, just try to concentrate. It's going to put a foundation block in your life that will never be moved and your life will be forever changed. Can you say amen? amen. All right, now where are we? Verse 12. Hey, you guys are doing all right. Verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar of the Lord, which his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it. Everybody say sprinkle it. Sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat and on the east side. And before the mercy seat, and he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Verse 15. And he shall kill the goat with the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring his blood Bring its blood, pardon me, <laughs> not his blood, it's, it, it's blood, okay. It's blood inside the veil to do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat before and before the mercy seat. Verse 16, so we shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins and so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Verse 17. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement for the holy place until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for the all the assembly of Israel. Verse 18. And he shall go out to the seat that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Verse 19. And he shall, he shall sprinkle some blood on it with his finger seven times, cleanse it, consecrate it from its uncleanness of the children of Israel. We only got eight more verses. Tap your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. 
Okay, I'm not so sure if that's for you or for me, but here we go. Eight more verses. Hallelujah. And when he has made an end of the atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay his hands, both his hands, on the head of the live goat, confess over it the iniquities of the children of Israel and all of their transgressions concerning all of their sins, putting them on the head of the goat. And he shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. Verse 22, and the goat shall bear on itself all the iniquities into the inhabited, uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of meeting, shall take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. And he shall wash his body with water in the holy place, and put on his garments, and come out and offer burnt offerings and the burnt offering for all, of all the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. Verse 25. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar. Verse 26. And he who released the goat of the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was bought, brought in to make atonement for the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Say, outside the camp. Outside the camp. And they shall burn in the fire, in the fire, their, their skins, their flesh, and their, and their awful. Verse 28, final verse. Then he who burned them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. Oh, my. Father, thank you. Speak to us through this incredible text. Bring life to this Old Testament text that is a type and a shadow. Release faith tonight, the foundation block of truth. And we thank and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. We do have notes for you tonight, and uh, I'm going to come down just a little bit closer and teach to you. I'm going to end up preaching because I'm going to lose my mind eventually as we tie this into New Testament reality. As I said tonight, as the sun went down, was the close. Uh, Chaplain David, God bless you. Would you put your hands together for Chaplain David, our stad? He helps wonderfully throughout the prison system here in Alaska. We love you. They celebrated Yom Kippur. Jews celebrated Yom Kippur just, just closed. And uh, it's also called the Day of Atonement or the Day of Propitiation. Uh, we do have notes, again, and the reason we have notes is to help you remember what I'm about to teach you, which is rather lengthy, and it's got some meat, as I said. And if we could have some of our Connect people get toothpicks for later on in the lobby, that will help you if you chew rightly. Atonement is an Anglo-Saxon word. All right, it's an Anglo-Saxon word. How many of you ever heard of the word atonement? Atonement. You know what it means? Look on the screen. At one men. It means to make one. That's what it means. So in Leviticus 16, as we're reading this through very detailed, we'll go through it, and it's the day of atonement. It's the day where people are separated from God, but they're made one with the Lord because of these acts, at least temporarily here in the Old Testament, but not so in the New. Isaiah 59, verse 2, but your iniquities have separated you from God. How many of you know your sin separates you from God? The Day of Atonement in the Apostle Paul's day was called the Fast, and you can read that in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. So when he's Acts 27, verse 9, and on the fast, he's talking about the Day of Atonement. He's also talking about, what, Yom Kippur. Why is the Day of Atonement important? Well, that's a great question. Why, why would you even teach on that on a Wednesday night? I don't really care about Yom Kippers or whatever that's called. I just come to worship Jesus. Well, if you don't understand the types and shadows, it, 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 as I said, your, your faith won't be fully grounded and rooted. And, and God wants to help you with that. So, so here we go. Why is the Day of Atonement? It's a shadow of what was fulfilled in Christ. A shadow of what was fulfilled in Christ. And uh, you can go to Hebrews chapter 10 and look at verse 1. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, not the realities of themselves. As you look at the Old Testament, not just here, but, but all of the Old Testament is types and shadows. See if you can find a shadow on the floor right now. Anywhere in the room, find a shadow. 
Right, you see a shadow, shadow that shares, shadow of your hand, maybe you can see a shadow of your head. The shadow is not the you or the chair or the object that's casting the shadow. The actual object is that which is casting the shadow. So when we say that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the greater things to come, we're saying very simply this, that that is a type or a prophetic act or a shadow of the real thing. Are you telling me right now that Leviticus 16 is a shadow of something in the New Testament? That's right. Touch your neighbor and say, that's right. It reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross. So it's very important to understand. What happened on the Day of Atonement, so you can understand, the high priest, he, uh, he, takes, he takes a bath. Uh, he doesn't take a bath. He takes five baths, five of them, in one day. And he bathes his hand and feet ten times. That's a lot of bathing. Amen. All the little boys would hate that, I'm sure. Five baths in one day, ten times for his hand and feet in this special room, basically, in the temple or tabernacle here, later on, temple, you understand. And he puts on these uh, sacred linen tunics. And um, there's a lot of uh, guessing of why they would use linen. It's supposed to be one of the coolest fabrics. And uh, there, there's supposed to be no sweat. It's a picture of not having any flesh involved. But linen is, a, is, is something that they would wear. Uh, and they would put these beautiful garments on. And they would enter, he would enter, he being the high priest, would enter the Holy of Holies. As there's, there, there's basically three parts. There's the, the, the outer courts, the inner courts. Well, the outer courts, there's really four parts. Outer courts, inner courts, holy place, and the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is where this Ark of the Covenant was. And how many of you have seen, I, I've got a little replica up in my office. And uh, it's, it's made, of, you can go look and see what it's made of. It's made of, uh, I believe, gopher wood. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's, a, that's the other ark. Anyway, for those of you that want to study arcs, you can go look at that. It's covered with gold. Acacia wood is, the, I got it, I got it. All of you guys start mocking me. Amen. So that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And he would go in and he would sacrifice this bullock or a bull. And, uh, and a goat. Now, goat. Everybody say goat. Okay. That's not greatest of all time, what many people think is what goat stands for. It, this is an act. Goat. A real goat would sacrifice a bull and a goat. Two goats were dealt with, as you, if you were paying attention. Verse 8 is the cast lot for the two goats. One goat is for the Lord. And the other goat, interesting, the other goat is, for, is the scapegoat. Please concentrate. How many of you ever heard of that term? Scape, quit scapegoating me. You ever heard that? That's when people blame you for stuff that you didn't do. Some of that still happens in your family. How many of you have been a scapegoat for someone? And they just pin it on you. It happens in politics all the time. It happens all over. But the real word there is azazel. Azazel is the word. It's translated scapegoat. But we, don't re we understand scapegoat like, yeah, I got pinned for everything. I guess I'm the scapegoat. It's a good picture of what a scapegoat is. They get the, the iniquity gets put on the scapegoat. But Azazel is a better name. And it's just, we wouldn't really understand it. The translators don't put Azazel in there. Azazel is seen as the chief demon. I said Azazel is seen as the chief demon, uh, basically, that caused rebellion. It's a picture of Satan. It, it's not a picture of Satan. It is Satan. Crazy. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Some of you are like, what? In the original language, it's Azazel. And the wilderness is to believe is believed to be where the demons dwelled or inhabited. I don't know, if you ever get around some of the, the 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 seasoned people, the seasoned people of prayer, you'll hear them pray things like, Lord, I send them to the high and dry places. Anybody ever heard that? Three people, four, five people. High and dry places. It's, it's, they believe that in the wilderness, in the desert, in the uninhabited places is where demons would be. See, that, you know what's so interesting about that is that when Jesus goes out into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days, I love it, the scripture says, and then he was hungry. You know that's right. <laughs> My hero fasts for, for 40 days. You know he was hungry afterwards. 
He did it on the, on the devil's home playing turf. Anybody ever played sports? You always do better on your home field. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's called a home field advantage. You ever heard that? Okay, well, what, that Jesus was let out to the devil's home field and whooped him. Can you say amen? Uh, whooped him in, partial, in, in part there and finished it on the cross, which we'll get to. So this Azazel, this, this goat, would have these hands laid on him. It's a picture of impartation, by the way. And, uh, you know, we have uh, some healthy boundaries here in the church that when we pray for people, there's teams of people that have been taught how to lay hands on folks and pray for them. We believe in the laying on of hands. And Hebrews 6 is an elementary teaching, really. And so the laying on of hands is a very biblical thing, and we do that here. But not everybody is authorized to lay hands here on people. You say, well, why is that? Because we don't know where your hands have been. See, there's impartation. And, and sometimes people have things they'd like to impart that you don't want to have anything to do with. Can you say amen? amen? All right, so folks that lay hands on here are my leaders, and people have been trained to do that. And uh, I, I can tell you nonsensical stories the rest of the night of how what's happened in churches where people do things and cast devils out of people's body parts and lay hands on people in places they should never, they should be, they should be wounded for laying hands on them there and arrested and sent to jail for the rest of their lives. Can you say amen? amen. All right, so there's, there's, there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Anyway, just a picture of impartation, and I thought I'd take a little rabbit trail. Let's bring it on back in. Praise God. Um, the uh, blood of the bull, blood of the bullock, the NIV calls it bullock, uh, the blood of the bull and the goat would be sprinkled on the horns of the altar. And uh, can you imagine splinking all this blood? I'm sure he's going to get it all over his white garment. Anyway, linen garment. Carcass of the bull and the goat would be taken outside the city and burned up. All right, what, what would the people do? The people were to fast. You can see in Leviticus 23, verse 27. Just hold on. I'm setting the stage. Everybody say, hold on. Hold on. All right, I'm setting the stage. I'm teaching you. So the people were to fast, and uh, we did some fasting in my house today, just pushed aside from some meals just in honor of this celebratory shadow, type and shadow. They were to give a special offering, Leviticus 23, 27, and Numbers 29, you can see that. All right, what was the Day of Atonement for? What was it for? Why did they have the Day of Atonement? They had the Day of Atonement to avert God's wrath over the people. So God has wrath, and it was going to be released, and so what it would happen is God made a way for them to avert the wrath for the scapegoat and the blood. Leviticus says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. How many of you heard that scripture before? All right. So the, the issue is God's continued presence in Israel and, and Israel's destiny. God's continued presence. In order for Israel to have God's continued presence, they needed to shed some blood because of their sin. Do you understand? So the Day of Atonement was basically when that happened. And it was a big, big deal. It meant God was going to be with them. The new year just happened, right? How many of you know the new year was just, uh, just what, 10 days ago, I think it was, Jewish New Year. And so now you, it's the new year, and they needed God's presence to be with them the, the whole rest of the year. And the Day of Atonement was strategically placed right there for that purpose. It was to remind Israel that in spite of the daily, weekly, monthly sacrifices, sin wasn't fully atoned for. They had so many sacrifices. You know, I mean, really, the temple and the tabernacle, you know what it was? It was a slaughterhouse. But it wasn't for the slaughterhouse of, of you know, bringing home hamburger meat. It was a slaughterhouse of blood to cover Israel. I mean, sin is a big deal. We don't really see it like that so much anymore in the church, but we need to. Now, Jesus, uh, it was to remind them of their daily, weekly, that basically the blood of Jesus is really the only thing that's going to cover. But this type and shadow was a picture that the, their sacrifices couldn't do it, really. And uh, interesting to note that the year of Jubilee would start at the beginning of the 50th year of the Day of Atonement. Amen. 1967, Israel was made a nation. How many are aware of that? It's absolutely mirac miraculous that that, you know, one of the reasons why uh, demonic forces try to take out Jews and Israel. And Israel. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, let's just be objective for a second. I'm going to step away. Let's be objective. Think about this. Why? What is the deal? I mean, it's not even as big as Rhode Island. 
Israel. It's tiny. It's a little tiny place. And very few people. Interesting to note that Jews have more wealth than any other group of people in the whole planet. Could it be the blessing of Abraham? Anyway, there's such animosity towards them. It's not, it's not just about the land, and it's not, it's, to understand the conflict really, is you have to basically understand this. If Israel didn't exist, then God doesn't exist. So to destroy Israel would to prove that God does not exist. So I got a news flash for you from HNN, Heaven's News Network. Newsflash, Israel will never be destroyed. How do you know that? Because it's in the Bible. And the, the fact that it actually became a nation is a miracle. I, I'm, I'm so proud that I have, it's my, my great-grandfather had enough, it was, he was a minister, he was a worship leader on organs back in the day from England, but had enough Bible knowledge and awareness of prophecy that when Israel became a nation, he got on an airplane, flew to Israel, and was standing there when the thing was made as a nation in a day. Can a nation be made in a day? Yeah. Kind of amazing. Wow. So, Jesus' death fulfills the Passover and the Day of Atonement, the blood of Christ. Look at Matthew 26, 28. Jesus says, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. It's a picture of blood on the mercy seat. Hebrews 12. Now, now I'm, I'm going to lose my... Here's the part where I'm probably going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be stepping aside from the teaching gift because I'm about to get wound up. Because I'm going to just tell you, you cannot read this stuff and, not, and it's going to move, it moves you. I mean, it's like, man, I didn't even get to read the text yet and I'm starting to feel this... The revelation that causes revolution in your heart. Listen, if the Word of God doesn't move you and change you, you need to read it again. You need to understand again. Hebrews 12, 24. Let's, I'm just going to rip through these a little bit. Let them, let them hit you right in the heart. Are you ready? Hebrews 12, 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. When Christ came as the high priest of the good things which are already here, he went through the greater, more perfect tabernacle, not, that is not man-made. That is to say, not part of this creation, verse 12. He did not enter by the means of blood of goats and of calves or bulls, but he entered the holy place, once and for all, by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. You understand, Hebrews 9, you should underline that in the Bible. It's clearly referring back to Leviticus 16, saying that this, this Jesus is, is not only the high priest, he's the final sacrifice with his own blood, not the blood of bulls, not the blood of goats, went into the, 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 the more perfect tabernacle. What's he talking about there? Anybody know what he's talking about there? He ain't talking about the tent. He's not talking about the temple. He's talking about the tabernacle of heaven because the tent, come on, Moses, when he's on the mountain, God speaks to him and says, make it like the, like the pattern you've seen on the mountain. That's how you make the tabernacle. So he went down and he made the tabernacle. How, what do you think God was giving him? He was giving him a blueprint of what's actually in heaven. I mean, I went to the I went to this um, tabernacle thing that they set up in, in Anchorage just recently, and in many ways it was wonderful. And uh, but my tour got ruined by really bad theology that I had to interrupt. <laughs> so, you know, it's this incredible you know life size uh, tabernacle set up in one of the parks in the middle of Anchorage. We went through it, and by the time we we're halfway through it. The lady's telling us that the only way you can be saved is through your suffering. And I said, um, hi. And Cameron's all, I'd already shut my mouth for good portions of it. 
I'm thinking, okay, that's not a deal breaker. That's not a deal breaker. That's not a deal breaker. But then when she said, the only way you can be saved through your own suffering, I'll, deal breaker, excuse me. Hi, because there's other people listening. And my son's like, what? I'm like, hi, yeah. Uh, I, did I hear you right? Did you say the only way you can be saved is through your own suffering and through your own trial? She goes, that's right. I said, no, that is not right. She says, oh, no, it, yes, no, yes, it is. I said, no, that's not in the Bible. I said, that's not in the Bible. Jesus took all our suffering, and so we went back and forth, and the people in the tour did, how dare they? Bald guy interrupt that nice lady. Anyway, uh, you know, no offense, it was seven-day Adventist. I'll go ahead and say it. And I just had something screwed up over there, and or that lady needed some better training. I don't know if they believe that. I hope they don't. They don't. That's bad news. Bad news. Praise God. <laughs> That's not it. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give them praise in the house of God. Thank you. Then, Oh, come on. You can surrender your body to the flames. You can give all you have to the poor. No matter how much pain and suffering you go through, Bubba, that ain't going to get you saved. Jesus is his blood, not your blood, not your sweat and tears. It's the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. I know that was a little fast. Was that a little fast, Minister Micah? And my tempo was kind of up there a little bit. Turn to Numbers chapter 24. Nine, chapter nine, verse 24. Hebrews 9, verse 24. You know what I said? All right, well, I'm glad you guys are concentrating. Numbers chapter, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hebrews 9. <laughs> Bump your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I came to Wednesday night service. All right, that sounded like tongues. Everybody's saying that all at the same time. Numbers 9, verse... <laughs> Hebrews 9, verse 24. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But, everybody say but. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, but not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Did you catch that? So understand, when we read Leviticus and you read the Old Testament, it points to the greater reality of Jesus. God's lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Somebody ought to have a praise break up in here. Jesus suffered outside the city gate. Hebrews 13, verse 11. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place. And this is referring to Leviticus 16. Hebrews in the New Testament is referring to Leviticus 16. Blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Turn to Matthew. Got to turn to this one. Go to this one on your device, on your iPad, on your phone, on your Android, in your leather-bound Bible, or if you have bonded leather or nubuck leather or plastic, 
or paper-bound Bible open, please, to Matthew chapter 27. I like the way that sounds. New book. Uh, new book. New book. You, ever, you never heard of that? It's a fabric, I guess. I think I'm going to get a jacket made out of new book. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Matthew 27, verse 45. From the sixth hour until the, I mean, if you're all there, say, woo. From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Sabathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let me just destroy a simpleton argument that comes up. If he's God, how come he's talking to God? Because for the first time in all of eternity, he was separated from the Father. He's fully God, fully man, so for the first time in all of eternity, the Father could not have fellowship with sin and turned his back on the Son. They were separated for the first and last time. And so in his humanity, he cried out, which is also in the Psalms. He's quoting the Old Testament here. When some of them standing there has heard this, they said, he's calling to Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and filled it with wine vinegar, put it on the stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Concentrate now. Verse 50. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, let me just stop. The earth shook, the rock split. Let me stop. What curtain? He ain't talking about your shower curtain. Okay, let's talk about the curtain in the temple. What curtain in the temple? He's talking about the curtain that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. Now, why? Can you imagine being a priest that day? <laughs> ah! I mean, you know, the temple curtain is ripped open. He's lost his job. He got fired by God. That's it. No more. The temple of the of the of the of the that is talking about is as thick as a man's hand. You can go and study this, okay? I've seen I've seen those uh, Power Ranger guys. What are they called? Power team dudes that come and break stuff for Christ. Anybody ever seen any of that? Power Rangers, what are they called? Or is that a cartoon? Is that a cartoon? Power team, I got it. Thanks, Hank. I've seen these, I've seen these guys rip phone books. Anybody ever seen that? And, and like, and, and bend, you know, railroad spikes. I could do that. I just, it's, it's, I've got other work to do. <laughs> Amen, Pastor Ben. <laughs> First of all, if you had went to that thing and, and seen the actual height of these curtains, uh, even if you were like one of those Power Ranger team guys, <laughs> how are you going to get to the top? It ripped from the top to the bottom. It's a picture that God himself said, that's it. No longer would the Shekinah glory, the presence of God, the cloud of his presence be on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Why not? Because it had been, it had been the, the payment, the final payment of blood for your sin and for mine and for all who believe was paid for. You see, so the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't uh, dwell inside temples made by human hands. They're going to rebuild the temple. That's, a, that's prophecy. Guess what's not going to be there? The Shekinah glory of God. Somebody said, well, they don't even have the ark. Somebody knows where it is, I promise. That's not the kind of thing you misplace. We just don't know where it is. It's around. It's what? Watch. But God ain't on the box anymore because it was a shadow. And the real thing has come. 
You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside temples made by human hands anymore because of what Jesus did, taking his own blood, not into a tabernacle, not into a temple, not over a shadow, but into the holy place, the real thing, the real, the real temple, the one that's in, in heaven, sprinkled his blood to say this, that the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell inside temples made by human hands. He comes to dwell inside of your heart comes to live on the inside of you. comes to live on the inside of me. How is that possible? Because when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'll be right back. The veil of separation between you and God is removed. That's why we can boldly come. We can boldly come before his throne room. Ah, and find grace and help in time of need. Because I've been washed. I've been cleansed by the blood. I've been cleansed by the blood. He washed my sins away. 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 He threw them as far as the east is from the west. Bye-bye. So I stand before you redeemed. I stand before you cleansed. I stand before you a man of God cleansed from the former things now used for noble purposes. Oh, I, I, I go through a, a, a trip or a stumble here and there, but I, I repent and live a lifestyle of pleading the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. If you don't understand the atonement from the Old Testament, you will never have the kind of appreciation that you need to have for the blood of Jesus. I think somebody's getting help tonight. Ephesians 2. We have a mutual friend, Rodney Howard Brown. I think he's friends with many of you. You guys went to his school, graduated maximum cum laude or something. (laughs) Ultra max cum laude. Valedictorian. All right, I got it. It was close. Like, I, I never heard of the Ultra Maximum Commodity. I, know, I, I made it up. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps they should invent a new one just for you because you're just so amazing. Both of you guys are. He has. <laughs> he, has a, he has a saying uh, that it's a choice that you make to roll into the Spirit, to, to move into the Spirit. It's a choice. It doesn't have anything to do with your feelings. In going to those meetings all those years ago, in the early 90s, mid-90s actually for me, early 90s here in Alaska, for some of you crazy people, amen. I remember distinctly going back to my dorm room in this mandated school I was a part of. And... And I distinctly remember having the revelation that I'm, I'm, total, I'm, I'm totally forgiven. I'm totally forgiven. And then the Lord would be like, that's right. So, like, I don't have any sin anymore. That's right. So, <laughs> so what about it's gone? I mean, I distinctly remember having conversations with the Lord. I'd be sitting on my bed. I'm just weeping weeping. The guys that were there in my dorm room, that we had to carry three quarters of them back. We had to carry them to the van because they couldn't walk. And the guys that like, you know, you know the kind of people that like, they've got like um, talk a lot disease. I don't know what you'd call it. They just can't stop talking. Does anybody? Don't raise your hand. It's like, it's like a junior hire, but they're, they're like in their 20s. 
I'm just kind of talking. Tongue is like, shut up. Okay. Like, I, I think it might have been a special angel sent just for me because a couple of those guys couldn't talk for well over 24 hours. Now, if you, you, you see a junior hire get touched by God, he can't talk for 24 hours. You know. You know. You know. That's a sign and a wonder. And I sat on my bed night after night for a whole week. And I'd have conversations with the Lord. I'd, I'd sit and I'd, I'd like, I, like I just said, I'd sit there. I'd be like, so like everything's new? Yeah, yeah, everything's new, son. Wow, that's like amazing. And I'd sit there and cry and be like, how come, how can you love me like that? I love everybody that way. How could you, how could you love me like that? Then I'd go like, how come I didn't find that out sooner? I got ripped off and then I'd be like, no, it's okay. I'm working it all for good. Those stupid Christians never told me anything about this. No, no, it's okay. There's, that's called religion, son. They, they don't really know either. I'd sit there and be like, man. And as God is my witness, don't now don't judge. I really enjoyed being overwhelmed. Oh my God, sorry. And just worship God for a second. Go ahead. <laughs> so, it's still true for me this day, but when I first came to Jesus, I really enjoyed being overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And somebody, somebody said, oh, that's because, you know, you're a drug addict, so you're still a drug addict with Jesus. Well, you, you can't say that now 25 years later, can you, son? Can you? Huh, Skippy? You can't say that anymore. I still love being inundated by his power. And so that whole week, so I started, I, I, the messages were amazing. I mean, I, 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 still, I still remember them in these encounters with God and, and angels, honestly. I think angels too and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, it was amazing. And I realized, wait a second. So I can basically just lift my hands and have a power encounter without somebody praying for me? And son's like, you, you, the Lord's like, you can basically have anything you want. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm a, <laughs> I want to try that. So I was in my, in my, on my, on my, you should, like half of you are going to try this at home now. And you should. I sit on my bed. I sit on my bed. I'm like, all right. I have to be careful, like, right now because I'll fall out right now. <laughs> He'll hit me right now. I just like, I'm illustrating something. I'd lift my hands like I am now. And I would just say, oh God, come on, touch me. Do what you do something in my life. Change me. I want to experience another level of your power. I want to know you. And she'd be like, Whoa. I mean, even now, the tangible presence of God has like doubled in this place. Why is that? It's because we have access by the blood of Jesus. Now, some of you won't receive it because you're still caught up in the sin that you did today. Some of you won't enter in. I'm telling you, the water's fine. He made a way for you. But some of you won't walk in that kind of power and dimension with the Lord because you're going to argue about, about your sin. You feel unworthy. I just feel so unworthy. What? What? Stop it. Adjust your feelings to the facts. What do you mean? I feel unworthy. I don't feel worthy to worship him like that. Well, hello, read your Bible. Do you want Jesus to do some special sacrifice for you, you full of pride thing, you? I'm not talking to you, Hank. I'm just, I'm just leaning on you for moral support because I'm not feeling the love for about 25% of the people in the church are looking at me like, you're picking on me right now. You're darn right I'm picking on you. I'm trying to get you free. 
Trying to get you free from pride. That's not pride. That's not pride, Pat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's pride. It, it, it's turned inside out to look like humility, but it's really pride. See, it, it's spitting on the finished work of Jesus. It's spitting on the finished work of Jesus. I think I, I just really, I saw some stuff fly. I just want to know. You were freshly anointed, my son. It's 8.38. Do you know where your children are? <laughs> they're in safe hands if they're here. Ephesians, go there. Or should we go to the book of Numbers? <laughs> Ephesians. Chapter 2. So let me, let me finish putting putting the stake in that I don't feel worthy thing. Basically what you're saying, and I, I know, I, I've been through it until like he opened my eyes and I realized, man, I'm so sorry, God. Because I didn't feel worthy and so I didn't act worthy because as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So I, I felt like a dirt bag and I was just like, man, I just hurt so many people and did so many bad things and, you know, I'm just, I'm just a dirt bag, you know. But when I came to understand what the blood of Jesus did and what the, what the blood of Jesus was for me, he washed away all my sin, guilt, shame, everything, including sickness, disease, infirmity, everything. He took care of everything, and he gave me his righteousness. His righteousness. He gave me his, his holiness. I become the righteousness of God in Christ. When, when the lights went on for that, then I realized, actually, I was so filled with pride that I was, I was allowing my feelings of unworthiness to override the truth of what God's Word says about me. And what I was really saying is that the blood of Jesus isn't enough to cleanse me. I made an argument with my emotions and my intellect against the Word to say, no, no, that's not, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. Like, What? Are you catching this? Are you, are, you, are you feeling what I'm laying down? You're worthy. Sign language for worthy. You're worthy. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2, verse 19. Consequently, I think this is the NIV. I've gone back and forth in different versions. You'll please excuse me. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Understand that. He has grafted you in. He made a way. He broke off every bit of shit you say for me. Yeah, that's why it's called good news. Oh, good news to the poor. You don't have to be poor anymore. To the addicted, you don't have to be addicted anymore. To the bound, you don't have to be bound anymore. To the bruised and the afflicted. To those who hang their head in shame. You can lift your head. Lift your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. 
I'm so grateful for the blood. Is there anybody grateful for the blood? All, all of you that do Bible studies and, and you teach, and maybe we got preachers, a bunch of pastors that follow us online, and I'm so grateful for that. I love you brothers and sisters out there. I'll tell you what an old school preacher told me once. He says, if, if you don't have any time to prepare a message and you're put just on the spot instantaneously, just preach the blood. Just preach the cross. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed, unfortunately, across this great nation of ours to hear messages on the cross anymore. I love good leadership teaching. I like all the lights and I like the smoke too. I love all the music. Well, not all of it. Some of it just doesn't have any, it's baseless and it doesn't have scripture and it's not even scriptural. It's like happy and I, mean, I, I, I think it was Minister Barry showed me a service and he played it for me and I was watching it all the same exuberance of a Pentecostal spirit filled service didn't feel right though and I'm looking and I don't, still don't know what's going on and I'm watching it and instantly I heard the Holy Spirit say it's to Anthony Robbins I said oh Tony Robbins am I the only person that ever heard of that guy you know the power of the power of the mind it's a, there's, a, there's a humor, humanistic movement tapping into the power within the human being. Let me just, I got news for you. Human beings have power? Oh, of course. You're made in God's image. Here's the problem. You tap into that, it's actually a demonic power that begins to, any spirit that does acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not from God. So you can have all the exuberance, you can walk on coals, you can expand your mind. But they say they only use a very small fraction of your mind. And if you'll expand your mind, then you can actually begin to really create things. And it's amazing. You just need to get in touch with the fact that, oh, you're God. I have a problem with a God that forgot he's God. I have a problem with that. Number one. Number two is totally contradictory to all of Scripture. And it doesn't, al it doesn't align itself up with truth. I don't know who that guy was impersonating just now. <laughs> Isaiah 53. Forgiveness and peace. What is Jesus fulfilling the Day of Atonement? Man, you know, I, he's, he's giving forgiveness and peace. This is a beautiful service. This really is. I just The presence of God is here. And, you know, it's 845, and I'm not going to go real long. We're almost done. But I just believe this. I felt like in the spirit that some switches got flipped. Amen. I felt like some people just were like, whoa, so I can like have a vision by myself at home? Uh, yeah. You mean I can lift my hands on my bed and not be at church and not have a pastor to lay hands on me and all that? And then I can like get healed and go out and like get touched and overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit? Uh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, that's what should happen. So I started, I started going out and having visions in my, in my, on my bed. So I'd be like, okay, Lord, touch me. Ooh, and I'd go out and I'd fall out on my own bed. Pastor Pella would catch me. And uh, the head usher, Brother Sheets, he would catch me. And the Holy Spirit would just like wave after wave come over me. And then, you know, and then I'd, I'd go to sleep or I'd get up and I'd be like, that's awesome. Can we do that again? He's like, sure. What do, you, what do you want to do? I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, ah. Oh. And so I, I got some friends around me. And I, don't, don't, don't tell anybody this, even though we're broadcasting it all over the world. So I got some friends around me. I said, man, I want you to check this out. This is, this is insane, bro. They're like, what, what? I'm like, man, I can go out in the Holy Ghost all by myself. They're like, what? Yeah. Watch this. I, I said, oh, God, I love you. Oh, Lord, come and touch, touch me, God. <laughs> I just go out in the power of God. <laughs> I better move on. You're like thinking I'm crazy. I'm just telling you. You can experience his power. But you don't worship that. You worship Jesus. But he, he said, why would you have to fall out? You don't have to fall out, but I'm just saying, you know, I am he. They all fell flat. 
Oh, let's go to the Old Testament. The cloud of the presence of the Lord filled the temple that the priests couldn't stand to minister. So if they're not standing to minister, what are they doing? Well, they're not standing. So um, what are they? I think they're lying down. Hallelujah. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood can cleanse your sin. Nothing but the blood can make you whole again. Day of Atonement just, just ended today. And it's a picture of the blood of Jesus who made a way for you, for me, so we can come and enter in to his presence boldly to find help and peace and grace. He wants to talk with you. Come on, he wants to talk with you. He has the problem. I'll figure it out. Just ask him. Find it in the Word. God's, God's, God's voice to you will never contradict His Word. Find it in the Word. Talk with Him. Thank Him. Worship Him. Live a lifestyle of that. Walk in forgiveness and in peace. Isaiah 53. Victory. Hebrews 2.14. Oh, I love this. Since the children have flesh and blood, He too shared in their humanity so that by His death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. I mean, Jesus went into, into hell and took the keys, Scripture says. So can you imagine, can you imagine Brother Toby, he, he, can you imagine what's going on in hell? While Jesus is crucified, he's crucified, he dies. Satan is just having a major fest down in hell. Oh, yes. We killed him. We killed him. Hey, hey, we killed him. He's dead. He's dead. We crucified the Son of God. We crucified. Hey, 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 hey. Right? And then, and then, and then they're, they're, and then, hey, what's that sound? What, what, what's he doing down here? Hey, what are you doing down here? And Jesus walks over and snatches the keys from the, snatches the keys from the devil. Says, hey, I purchased them with my blood. Uh, these belong to me. You've got to go. Oh, if you had known you were crucifying the Son of God that set all the captives free, you never would have done it. But you're stupid and you're defeated. And now I hold the keys of hell, death. I am the resurrection and the life. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. <laughs> Woo! He took the keys from the devil. He gave them to you and me. He washed me. He cleansed me. He made me clean made me clean. He made me clean. Though your sins be as scarlet, he'll make them as white as snow. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. There's a hell to be shunned and a heaven to be gained.
you've never received Jesus. You, you say, well, I've received Jesus, but I didn't hear it like that. I didn't get it like that. Well, that's why I preached it to you, so that you could maybe see a little better. You see, he took care of sin, sickness, disease. He took care of it by his stripes, by his blood, fulfilling all of the Old Testament. God's Lamb, the Lamb of God. Why? So that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. That's his will. That's his plan. And if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that tonight, or, or maybe you received him, but, but all of a sudden you're realizing, man, I, I think I got like a partial salvation thing. I didn't get the whole, I didn't get it. I didn't get it that I could just come before him and the shame and the guilt has grabbed me for years. I've, I've lived, I've, I've lived, I'm going to tell you, many Christians live like this. They live far beneath what Jesus has purchased. And then honestly, controlling religious spirits, even from pulpits, try to push their hands down on people and get them addicted to the preacher, get them addicted to the pastor, get them addicted to some leadership so they keep coming back and they just stay under this bondage of religious control. Pharisees, Sadducees, all right now, all over. God is raising up a people who clearly understand their God-given, blood-bought, dominion, power, and authority, and he's going to raise you up to reach the lost or hurting the broken, and he's going to help help you. But the first thing is give your life to Jesus. If you've never done that and you want to do it for the first time or if you want to recommit because you've, you just need to recommit, you know you drifted away, you want to come back. Or thirdly, you're just like, man, my eyes are open to a new level of, of salvation and freedom and power by the blood today. And I want everything. I'm not going to live under the thumb of, of condemnation. I'm not going to live under the thumb of I'm not worthy anymore. That lying devil, I'm worthy by the blood. That lying, foul, religious spirit that tries to keep me in bondage, I shut your mouth right now. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.